to another episode of the Dorkiest Timeline Podcast. Uh, once again, this is Harold. This is Dennis. This is Lewis. And this is Krisha. Uh, remember that this is uh, an offshoot of our other podcast known as the Two Fanboys and a Filthy Casual. Um, but this is the more intellectual version of that podcast. <laughs> wow. And we, we like uh, I think we explained before, this is the podcast where we delve a little bit deeper into certain subjects. Um, in particular... Our last episode, which was very well received and so far hasn't been flagged for... Um... I know. I'm, I am so impressed by us I know. that we have not been flagged. Do you think it's because we talked over it? I think it's because of the fact that um, we have less than a thousand listens. Oh, okay. At the time, at the time. I think but we did that episode did pretty well. Ugh. But at the same time, like, it, you could really tell the difference between what we're doing in our podcast here. And so that's one and like one example of one of the subjects we will do on this particular podcast. And another one is a subject that we actually did on our previous podcast, which is we take a year, we focus on that year, and we talk about the year in pop culture or things that happen in that year that apply to us, you know, in our personal lives. I already forgot. What year did we do last time? We did the very first time we did this. We did the year 1999. Uh, then the last time when we had Krisha with us, we did 1994, um, which was, you know, both years. Are we doing like five year increments? Is it's that what it is? Like, yeah, it does. <laughs> it's because uh, there was a uh, oh, an, uh, someone had a theory that some of the best uh, pop culture products starting with the year 1984, every five years they have really significant events or some of the best. Uh, material that comes out. So when 1999, we talked about that. I, that was like The Matrix, Fight Club, mm-hmm. South Park. 1994, yeah. I, I hate you so much. Wow. <laughs> but like 1994, we had uh, you know all those great albums that the came out. The intellect level of our podcast just went, like just yeah. narrow. <laughs> just in one sentence, by the way. So um, uh, looking back, we I, I just me being the dork that I am was like. Maybe we should go into this and let's try five years before 1994. And I looked at it. Obviously, we're pretty good at math because we're Filipino. Uh, 1989. So that is the year we're focusing on. We're not going to be talking about too Wait, much. Wait, is that, is that an actual stereotype? Filipinos being good accountants? Mm-hmm. Uh, we had one that went to Vegas with us. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty close friend to ours. One out of six? <laughs> yeah. that, those are pretty good. That ratio uh, is not bad. And then I have a family that's four for four. So... <laughs> Pretty good in baseball and good at counting. So, the well, year one out of six is in charge of Amazon. Does, does, <laughs> is that uh, <laughs> he's also in charge of our driving? So, then. hey, we got there in time, you know. <clears throat> we got not in time, but we got there intact. Oh, I hope he's listening. Hi, he probably will because we told him <laughs> we're gonna talk about you. Other episode. So, um, this week in the dorkiest timeline, we'll be talking about the year in pop culture 1989. So, anybody want to start? Well, um, I was talking to you guys about a, w- a while ago, like the format, and I, I say we start with movies just because it's something that we're more comfortable with. I think uh, some of us are less into music, less into TV, so I think uh, all four of us are pretty into um, movies. So I'm going to start, and I'm going to go s- start with Low Hanging Fruit, um, because technically she didn't have any low hanging fruit yikes um uh, what movie are we talking about i'm afraid oh, I, I already know where he's going with this i'm, I'm going with <laughs> the little mermaid uh, <laughs> uh, 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 when i saw where you were going with it i was like that's good 
god. I got worried for a second. I was like, what are we... Is this one Red Shoe Diaries? That was not a movie. That's 1992. Yeah, I mean, get, that's it, what I get heard. it right. That's what I heard. And uh, before we begin, by the way, I, I need to uh, make a statement here. Like, uh, like uh, cl- make a quick clarification. Um, Lewis and I, in our other uh, podcast, is well known for saying the following. Um, you know, we came from the Philippines. So, uh, technically, 1989, if I were to be honest with myself, um, I'd be looking at uh, Dolphy and, uh, you know, Sharon Conetta, mm. like, uh, you know, like... And Gary uh, B, bro. And Gary, exactly. You know, Menudo was, was pretty big at that time. So, uh, but I am going to go with, uh, you know, and I have, to, I have to admit, I did a little bit of research, and I realized that you're right, Harold, that there was a lot of amazing things that happened in 1989 but i have to go with um a little mermaid because i I have a cute little story here i think um i I know um i moved here around a year afterwards like um yeah pretty much a a year afterwards around um the summer of 1990 so um the little mermaid had just come out um, months before, um, they finally had the VHS release of The Little Mermaid, and The Little Mermaid was the first movie like that I like. Um, you know, it was still a couple of weeks away from school. Um, I didn't have anything to do, so my my cousin kept on popping in The Little Mermaid over and over and over again, and it was the the most amazing movie ever and i was always looking forward to it because every single time we would go home her and i would be singing like little mermaid throughout mm. the, the whole time so um to this day i can still sing which was when uh, we did karaoke last time i was really offended that somebody put uh, little mermaid and somebody else sang it my sister exactly so <laughs> next time i'm claiming that song because i can still i uh, uh, um um off the top of my head, I can still sing that song, and I think I can actually pretty hit it pretty on tune yeah, there. So we'll, we'll we'll go with that one. But yeah, um, Little Mermaid started a huge craze for uh, for Disney because that was like the thing that kicked off the um, you know the animation um, like decade you know yeah. with, uh, that with, and then followed up with um with beauty and the beast followed up with um the lion king you know too bad it got derailed by uh pocahontas but that's that's another story for another day mm-hmm. but definitely that was the one that um really you know that took i mean i i'd claim that it was they weren't really necessarily in trouble but definitely in terms of animation uh, disney was struggling i think the last one before that was um uh, rescuers the uh, rescuers down under while a perfectly cromulent movie um <laughs> you know comparatively what that movie um you know um uh, d- like started you know it started a a huge um movement in terms of uh of animation especially for disney and to this day there's still some remnants of it especially musically um that we can still feel in in current movies such as like uh rapunzel or um you know mulan or something like that so i think that's for me 1989 um if we're talking about movies i know there were a lot of blockbusters um you know superhero films and everything but i'm gonna go with the little mermaid that's a great pick, dude. Because you know what, um, I I I was on the same boat, not literally the same boat, because I think your boat came first. My, no, no, no. We, we we could fresh be. Off boats? <laughs> no, no. We could be in the same boat as long as there's those tadpoles going. Fa la la. 
<laughs> See, I love your choice because yeah. yeah, it's like it triggers all of us. When, mm-hmm. Once you said your choice, all of us had like different faces. I'm like, oh yeah, dude, that was a gem. I uh, I gotta agree, dude. Uh, Little Mermaid. I have the similar story where I had older uh, female cousins, and it's it's funny to think of it now. It's the kind of thing that I don't think my kids can even imagine how things go viral back when we were younger. Um, back when it, back in '89, I was a whole nine years old. So it's funny to me, like how did I? I, di- I didn't go out of my way. Like I was still in the Philippines. I did not ask my parents, like, Mom, Dad, can, can you can we go see Little Mermaid? I never did that. But you're right. Like, um, I went to my cousin's house, and she had it on her VHS, like, ad nauseum. Always playing it to the point where, like, dude, this is actually a really good movie. Mm-hmm. I, I might like animation, at least this style. I mean, we grew up in the Philippines. Like, we are watching Voltus Five and, 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 and all those other um, great cartoons. But, yeah, dude, like, the... the, the uh, Little Mermaid started the the Disney Renaissance, I think is what they call it. Yeah. Like the fact it was so musical, the the aesthetics. Um, I think fast forward to almost freaking thirty years later, like they're still trying to recapture that because obviously if you're not if you're not aware they've recast or they've cast excuse me uh, a live action production of the movie. So you know there's still a lot of that uh, what that movie captured the, the original cartoon captures a lot of people's imaginations back then that still like resonate I guess to this day and age. And you know yes uh, you know a, a lot of the um, a lot of the, a lot of us who grew up on it, we found a little, a, a lot of like problematic things with the movie since then, like uh, how. Ooh, you know, like how, the castle. The, uh, the <laughs> <laughs> again, wh- okay, I gotta, we gotta, I gotta ask, how did that get around? Because again, know, again, before the day of internet, how did the word get around? Like, there's a secret image in the castle if you look at the. The cover. National Enquirer. Was it the National Enquirer? That's okay. how I found out about it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought. I, I, Every, I thought everybody had, like, that cousin who knew. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, if you look at it this way or if you, like, look at the Guns N' Roses album, like, this way, you can see the devil. So, yeah, anyway. Um, great choice, Dan. I love that movie. I don't yeah. know. What, what do you guys uh, say about Little Mermaid? I agree. That That's such a good pick. And you guys both brought up the VHS because... The VHS. Right? The, the VHS. VHS. I mean, because <laughs> I, I, I feel like that was maybe the first VHS cassette that like a friend You're had right. like and she had the clamshell like it was like that big God, clamshell yeah, that box pops. <laughs> yeah oh man only the disney cartridges <laughs> had giant plastic the cheaper ones you had to slide out of the oh, box right. but, but the real one yeah, the was, real one the real one the real one. legit one that, that even that that's memorable you know yeah you have to make sure it's closed by pinching the edges yeah yeah <laughs> people yeah, just like a crab. See, you get the Sebastian is. edges. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, movie's okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't like the fact that I love that movie, and have went out of my way to find, like when it wasn't released on DVD yet. You know how I bought it on DVD. I went on eBay, and found out that McDonald's sold a DVD copy of The Little Mermaid in the early 2000s. So I paid seventy-five dollars for a DVD. Of The Little Mermaid, That's... which is probably worth nothing right now. But McDonald's Special Edition DVD. That might be worth something. <laughs> it's worth something to you. It, yeah. Yes, it, it is worth something to you. Because, you know, true. such, you know, they, yeah, it, that is, by the way, Oliver and Company came out the year and a year and a half before mm. that. Does it, anybody it, remember? I was going to say, I, I, I do. Don't Billy, Joel. Billy Joel. Yeah. yeah see, <laughs> the Disney dorks over here. But, um, yeah. yeah. We were in the Philippines, man. I don't know. <laughs> Ironically enough for me, I came back from the Philippines when that movie was big. 
and we had, we brought a, or we brought our copy over to the Philippines, a bootleg copy as usual, and um, yeah, everybody enjoyed the hell out of it. Still enjoy it now. I remember back in the early 2000s when Dennis and his brother had really long hair. When they would uh, get out of the pool or be swimming oh, in the God. pool and they would whip their hair. It was glorious. We would always sing glorious is the only word. Yeah. Aww. So, just to us, very personal. personal, And, yeah, yeah fantastic pick. Probably, if we break down, like, 1989, that might be the best, like, overall movie of that year. Oh, that's why mm-hmm. I started with it. Yeah, just yeah. I mean, there's, start. Well, there's other things that are, like, are comparable, but most memorable, I think, probably the Yeah. 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 Um, speaking of memorable movies back in 89, so I guess um, since we are a, you know, pop culture, nerdy, fanboy podcast, uh, we have to start, or my, my first choice for a movie, it'll have to be Batman. Uh, sorry, Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson, one of, I mean, arguably, arguably, yeah, the superhero movie to put, oh, I'm sorry, the superhero movie to put superheroes on the map in pop culture. Um, no offense to my, you know, my, my hard eyes movie, uh, the, uh, Superman the movie. But Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson, like, put, like, it, it was, like, such a weird, amazing, uh, it, it captured not just, I can't even say the nation's imagination because I wasn't here yet. I'm taking this from the perspective of, of a, again, a nine-year-old in the Philippines <clears throat> who has never picked up a comic book before then, but definitely was part of my life ever since. So, yeah, uh, it was the uh, Tim Burton produced, um, still in rotation on HBO Max, um, and, and whatnot. <clears throat> Excuse me. The the Dark Knight, the the first cinematic version of the Dark Knight, and now we're we're at like I don't know, uh, half a dozen versions or uh, half a dozen since then. Uh, still uh, like a high, um, high praise, and you know, you know, it's still more or less kind of the standard for what a lot of us, you know, us nerds uh, in our uh, in our age range, uh, kind of put up as like. You know the one of the definitive uh, Batman. I mean, it's it's Keaton and the animated series and, and Christian Bale. So you know, uh, definitely one of the greatest movies. Um, I think uh, Dennis pre- uh, preluded earlier that there was a lot of blockbusters, and I think that uh, epitomized what a blockbuster was because it was literally in every commercial, um, in the few McDonald's that were in Green Hills in the Philippines. And uh, my only personal story is that I still to this day in my man cave I have a um, a Batman a Michael Keaton doll. Uh, with uh, three whole uh, yeah, a doll, I, I can't even call it an action figure because it has three whole points of articulation. Like one arm goes up and down, the neck is just kind of like the Michael Keaton, like he couldn't turn his poor neck, mm, oh and yeah. then like his waist. That's it. Like the other arm was stiff. I think he had a stroke, so he couldn't really quite move. Yeah. <laughs> and so it pretty much what he looked like in the movie. Basically, exactly. Yeah. It's very he accurate to, to the movie. I forgot yeah. because the cowl was connected yeah. to. Oh my god, yeah. I forgot about the that. The things they gave up for the aesthetic of like yeah. Tim Burton. Batman, homie, couldn't like, eh. yeah, <laughs> like, uh. is somebody behind me? Oh lord, <laughs> that's probably why he had to recruit a Robin because he needed somebody to get his back. So yeah, that's my choice. One of my favorite movies uh, back then, and to be honest, since uh, ever since. That's a good pick because that Batman was still a little campy because of Tim Burton, right? But it was still dark, right? Like it was a good combination of. Maybe even like the Batman TV series, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. how how goofy um, the Joker was, right? So, oh, that was a good pick. And I mean, can we also talk about Prince briefly? Yeah. With the bat dance. <laughs> yeah. Now here's the thing: I can't because I didn't understand. I I loved the song. I loved everything about it. It wasn't until maybe like a year or two I found out that that was Prince. <laughs> <laughs> it's so 
weird. But I feel it. Then it's just like the bat dance. Yeah, it fits the aesthetic. You know the ironic part about that whole thing is, right? That song is not in the movie. Yes, that's right. It's wait, it's not. It's not. Oh, that's right. It's a different song in the art gallery. Yeah. Oh, why did I think? Oh. But but, but that no, yeah. video with all the uh, replica Batmans and he was half yeah, Joker jo- half yeah. That's still one of the best <gasps> so good. music videos ever made. <laughs> and Kim Basinger. So. Oh, Kim Basinger. Oh, okay. Yeah. So for me, uh, Batman was a little different experience, mainly because I went to watch it at a movie theater that ran out of seats, so they brought benches from outside. <gasps> wow. And they placed it in the middle of the aisles, so me and my god sister and my family went to watch it, and we were sitting in the middle. Super uncomfortable. Not, not like metal chair. Uh, uh, it was horrendous. But the fact is, got to watch it opening weekend. Um, I had actually been starting to become a fan of Batman really literally a year and a half before that, because when they did the announcement after Beetlejuice, and like I was like, I'm not Keaton, but they came out with a... Their version of a graphic novel was just a hardcover book, and it had the new logo on it, which has the extra two spikes at the bottom, which still forever haunts me to this day because I can draw it exactly. And <laughs> I, wow, that, I, that was very specific. Yeah, that <laughs> haunts on, me. I'm now. telling you, see, but like, I did a whole trip in Vegas, and we had actually just previously talked about our trips in Vegas. But that whole time, instead of going anywhere to play video games or to do any of this stuff at Circus Circus, I stayed in the room and I read the whole book. Oh my so God. I knew exactly what the movie was going to be about. Like I was like, who's this Eckhart guy? Eckhart? And then I was like, oh, it's a fat guy. And then like uh, Robert Wool, just getting to be Robert Woolley before you know any artist kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Michael Keaton, who's Mr. Mom, mainly because that VHS was in my house all the time, and just seen him in Beetlejuice, and I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. And as a nine-year-old, you know, you don't really care too much about, like, you know, when, like, Ben Affleck was cast as Batman, all of us got into a rage about it. Oh, yeah. And then now, like, as a kid, you're just like, okay, I'll just accept it because there's nothing really you can do about it. You can't really complain too much about anything like that anyways. And I was just amazed. And from then on, it was like any toy that came out, any action figure, any kind of um, clothing, all that stuff. I had all that stuff, like... 1989 that whole summer was I'll talk about the other movie that I'm going with or this stuff that I was wearing and I was just like yeah the weird thing about that is um when I watched it I I think I I kind of agree with Kurz where it 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 wasn't like what what happened when uh Christian Bale uh, came out with Batman or when uh, Marvel came out with it, uh, superheroes, it wasn't you know the beginning of the superhero age. It just was a movie that just so happened. At least for me, it, it just so happened that it was Batman. But at the same time, it was such a it was so peculiar mm-hmm. uh, that uh, and uh, so dark that it, that it just became accepted at least for me that it was a Batman movie and it wasn't until uh, until I watched you know like I said Christian Bale and once Marvel and the MCU and DC started coming in that I realized how how so uh, how different it is and and that actually makes it special which kind of scares me now that knowing that um uh, uh, Michael Keaton's Batman is supposedly or at least mm-hmm. in some way coming back yeah. so I, I think 
how that's going to be and for those people who uh, don't since this is an audio podcast I just gave a confused look and scratch of my of the back of my head very confused uh, exactly so um <laughs> great great pick Lou uh, I like it um and I think we still have courage and Harold I believe right yeah yeah um I want to this is why you guys have me here because I think I'm going to bring I'm actually going to talk about two movies because um I want to talk about an actress who's in both of those movies. Um, this actress, she's not acting anymore. She's now a musician. Um, she's a, she's done some solo stuff and also has been in a band, um, a couple bands really. But I want to talk about Jenny Lewis and how she was such wow. a such an excited um, reaction. By the way, for those people not watching this, <laughs> every single one of them just turned like yeah. No YouTube, me. Harold Jenny. even just gave a uh, Harold even gave like a big thumbs up here. Yeah, so. I haven't seen him g- give a thumbs up. I ever. know this is, but this is why you guys have me here because I will bring something out of left field. There you go. <laughs> and this is why, okay. So I wanted to talk about Jenny Lewis, and she's been. Um, I've just admired her ever since she was, you know, a child actor. You know, she was a little girl acting, doing commercials. And one of the movies she was in in 1989, she played a little... It was a it was a small part, but, you know, a big part of the movie, I think. That movie was The Wizard. Can you... Can you... Yes? Can you relate? On my list. Oh, see? <laughs> okay, so Jenny Lewis, a, a small part, like I said, but The Wizard is about um, a lot of things, really. PTSD... Um, brotherhood, uh, autism, autism uh, road trip, uh, underage hitchhiking, and also, and let's not, lest we not forget, Super Mario 3. Yeah. Right? That, the Power Glove. It was basically a commercial for Super Mario Brothers 3. Um, but Jenny Lewis was in it. She played like a, a, a young girl living in Reno. Right? Yes. Just just hustling, making her way around town, and she helps the two brothers. Oh, one of one of the brothers was Fred Savage, and then they tried to, um, you know, they made their way out to California. You, you know who the other brother is? Who's the other brother? He was the star of Little Big League. Oh, my god. I don't gosh. remember his real name at yeah, the top of it. I don't remember his name. And then the half-brother was Christian Slater. Oh, yeah, Christian Slater <laughs> was in it, and Bo Bridges, and Bo Bridges was their it? dad. Um, so that was, that's one of my movies... The Wizard, 1989, but also starring Jenny Lewis was another movie called Troop Beverly Hills. You're damn right. Get it right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, Here's the sad part. I was like, man, I'm not going to know anything. Oh, wait. I've watched that movie. You've seen, <laughs> <laughs> You've seen it. You've seen it. So you know who I'm talking about, right? The redheaded girl, yeah, Jenny yeah. Lewis. So True Beverly Hills, she played, I forgot her name, Hannah. Netfler. Hannah. I know yeah. some of their last names. Hannah. And her mom was played by Shelley Long, who was a socialite who becomes the den mother to um, like a Girl Scout troop. And, you know, she's learning along the way because she never had to, like, be in the wilderness before. Um, but, yeah, Jenny Lewis was in there. Bright, cheerful. Um, such a great, such a great, like, like kid actor. Yeah. And I'm surprised she didn't do much after and just, you know, focused on music. But True Beverly Hills, what a group, like a a diverse group of women. Yeah, there are a lot of white women in there. Carla Gugino was was in it. Not Young Carla crush. Gugino. Gorgeous. Gorgeous then, as Still. she is now. Oh, my gosh. 
Um, I think there was also like a Filipino girl. Yep. Her dad was a dictator. Yeah, and you know, so there was just like a, you know, just Wait. a bunch of like. Last name was Marcos. Well, they tried to imply that her dad was Marcos. It was pretty oh. much implied. There was one bad joke where she says, so "I don't remember that." Do I just call you Dick? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> True, Beverly Hills. But yeah, two of my movies, both both with Jenny Lewis, who um, I'm still such a fan of today. Yeah, uh, actually, because of Chris, I knew that Jenny Lewis had a music career, and I didn't know that until you had like pointed out one of the things, and then I started following them, and I was cracking up because in one of their songs called The Frug, yep. she does mention, I can do the Freddy, and I was like, damn it, this is the dance that they learn, and we're teaching old people in mm-hmm. True Beverly Hills, which I've seen way too many times. <laughs> like, for a normal person to watch that movie as many times as I did... During that summer in 1990, because, you know, like, oh, a yeah. year later. But, man. I mean, Harold is into Shelley Long, it turns out. Dude. You know, Super. I love Shelley Long. <laughs> like, I knew nothing about Cheers until I saw Shelley Long was the star of Troop Beverly Hills. And I was like, I should watch this Cheers show. And my dad was like, nah, nah. <laughs> You're too young. You're too young for that. And then I watched it recently. I was like, whoa. Good call, Dad. Aww. It made me a pervert a lot longer. Sooner. Aww. Sorry. Oh, Wait, it did? I think I have to rewatch Cheers because I don't remember it being bad. Yeah, we should have a watch party. Cheers. Oh, cheers. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, maybe it'll come up when we talk about the shows from 1989, but like, I would love to, to just like, yeah, rewatch a lot of those older shows yeah. and how it holds up. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, obviously we'll talk about that later. But uh, going back to Curtis's uh, choices, so unfortunately, Troop Beverly Hills is in my blind spot. I have not seen it. What? Again, I, again oh. I would not know anything about Girl Scouts nor Beverly Hills in the Philippines. So there, I, there's, the, there's the new convince me right there. Yeah, that, <laughs> you know that me. It's just, it was just a lack of access over there. But I can't talk about The Wizard because, yes, you're right. That thing was an hour and a half long trailer or a commercial for the Power Glove, which I freaking wanted more oh, than anything. Because I'm like... Uh, when I, I never actually got bought a, uh, bought one, but logistically it never actually made sense to me to, to play video games with one hand. Yeah. And yeah. pressing it with on your I, I don't get it. Dumb. it but was dude, it was so to, cool. It was limited to the square sensors yeah. around the TV, and it was. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna talk about that they really tried. quickly. Please, with yes, the good. wizard, because unlike you guys, I was in America when this came out. Thanks. So America. It's ironic because they built those dang things like in north movies. in yeah, Japan. Yeah, that's and, true. <laughs> But we never got. But it. when that movie came out here, it came out when you bought the ticket, you got a copy of uh, like Nintendo Power, that was specifically Dude. for mm-hmm. Super Mario Brothers three. Holy! So man. y'all lived if the that life, didn't man. convince you to buy the game right then, like that scene when the curtain comes up, like when they you know pop out from King Kong and all that kind of deal. I haven't watched it in the past month or anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that whole movie, as a child. I was like, this is the greatest movie ever. It was the greatest movie ever. <laughs> I was like, first of all, I mean, A, you get to Reno and he's playing video games that are not at the arcade, so I was like, but like, you know, I'm very specific, I stupid stuff like that. Jenny Lewis has the best line in the movie. I still quote it. I'm not going to repeat it because I'm not allowed to repeat it. Wait, wait, wait. Why are you not allowed to repeat it? Because we technically don't have them. I can say it. Can I say it? To distract. To make a distraction in the arcade in Reno, Jenny Lewis kind of accuses someone of sexual (laughs) assault and says, He touched my breast! (laughs) 
Wow. Acting. 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 <laughs> She's in an improv troupe, folks. Okay, so this is what else. Catch her on her next show. The also thing that makes me yeah. I'm not furious about the movie is like, so the one thing that they did was they called the Nintendo hotline <laughs> to get tips for how to beat every game. And I was like, man, I've been on the Nintendo Hotline. They never helped that, but like in that much detail. The guy, I seen the guy's book before. I seen the behind the scenes. I saw a documentary about it. But like, um, like Nintendo Power, the, the guy didn't really be like, okay, give me all the games you need to do. And he's, she's like, Double Dragon. And I'm like, cool. So, fun stuff. Still, the other thing that bothers me about that movie is, for some reason, uh, he gets extra points for going into warp. You don't want to get extra points you for... You never do. Yeah, you hit the whistle, that doesn't... It just d- delivers you <laughs> to, you know, level three... F- three... Four. No. Who remembers? Yeah. Carol remembers. Yeah, yeah. Carol remembers. <laughs> oh that's, that's it's, this is going to bug him now, just so I you know. know. He's going to fire up his switch and... Uh... <laughs> it's all my classic, bro. <laughs> oh, that's right, you're right. There was so much about that movie. The, I was recently, uh, we were recently in Palm Springs, and on the way back, we saw the Cabazon dinosaurs. The final scene of The Wizard takes place at the Cabazon dinosaur. So. Oh my gosh, you're right. Yes. Oh my, that, oh, that's where that's from. That's Sorry. where that's from. And then that's why the reason I say California the way I do is because of yeah. the kid in the movie. Yeah, California. California. You can't say it in a normal way. Yeah, and I didn't realize until much older that they were half brothers yeah when i was reading the synopsis it was <laughs> i don't remember any of it yeah <laughs> watching the movie back now i'm just like i'm gonna skip the to toby mcguire and i'm That's gonna right. toby mcguire yeah. yeah he's in the background of the lucas kid yeah like lucas is like this oh is the power God. glove it's so bad which is the line that everyone uses when they talk about the power glove <laughs> it's but so bad it's so bad yeah it's bad it's horrible <laughs> like he was playing rad racer with it and i was like <laughs> That's not how you yeah, play. No, no, <laughs> First of all, the control in Red Racer, impossible. Anyways, Chris's point. Yeah. <laughs> I love Jenny Lewis to this day. Still, still kind of hot. Still. <laughs> and Carla Gugino, obviously. Oh. Yeah. Well, there goes one of my talks. Aww, <laughs> Just kidding. Look at it. You have a lot. Yeah. You have yeah, a good lot. Choice, though, good choice, Good uh, choice. Good pulls. Good pulls. Let's go the easy way for me because um, if there's a movie I've seen more than any other person in this world, besides The Goonies, it's the other previous movie that I've mentioned all the time, uh, Back to the Future. So when they announced that they were going to make a sequel to Back to the Future just a few years later, I harassed our choir director to pick that as the movie of the week for our choir. <laughs> and so me and 30 other, that sounds weird, 30 other little kids went with an older man to watch Back to the Future 2 at the city walk when it first opened oh nice yeah and the whole time all of us could talk the only thing anybody could talk about was getting a hoverboard and uh people were into skateboarding at the time i was just fascinated with how marty mcfly dressed and maybe had my pockets in and out for a while (laughs) convinced his mom to buy the holographic cap while wearing a batman shirt because you know that's how that year went but literally that was the first time for me that a sequel had come out to a movie that I had really loved. And it, besides Karate Kid, because, you know, that was that. But, wait, 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 wait. Karate Kid 2 came out in 1988. 
Karate Kid. No, no ten, 1986. I mean, th- there was a movie called Star Wars where... I didn't the, know that. I didn't know they were sequels at the time, man. Okay, just check I just it. thought they were... <laughs> those movies are all right. But those, were, but those movies never came out when we were in, in theaters. Mm, okay. Like, Back to the Future oh. came out in the theater, and I was just like, dude. So, I watched it once at City Walk. I watched it once in a drive-thru, a drive-in with my family. And then I watched it again with my cousins because they were not in the choir with me. So needless to say, in 1989, I spent a lot of time in the movies. Um, like I said, Back to the Future is, for me, the perfect trilogy. From There will never be... Like, it's comparable with the original Star Wars trilogy. Like, almost neck and neck. But the fact that I've seen Back to the Future and Back to the Future 2 more than most people have ever seen any movie in their lives. And Back to the Future 3 more than most people have ever appreciated a movie that's about Doc Brown and not about Marty at all. Um, like, it kind of... And the fact that we were able to convince our choir director to <laughs> get pick this movie instead of The uh, Adventures of Baron Munchausen, which also came out in 1989. Um, yeah, dude, like, Back to the Future 2, the whole future sequence, and unfortunately, not unfortunately, but we're past the, for- the future from that now, and the fact that we've been able to like almost progress and anticipate how things were supposed to be in 2015 and none of those things or not none of those things but a lot of the big things coming to fruition uh like we had personally wanted to it was just it was that moment for me where it was just like this movie is bigger than just a movie for me i wanted everything in that movie to actually happen so back to the future 2 uh yeah, and the only be- replacement being, you know, having Elizabeth Shue come in for Claudia Wells. Not, yeah. a, not, not much of a big loss. No one really Upgrade. recognized it. No one ever realized it. No. At least me, until I was like 35. No, oh, yeah. yeah. Until I was in my yep. 20s. I didn't, I didn't realize it. I agreed. I never, real, I never thought about it until I was watching it on, like, I had the whole VHS trilogy, but it was all, you know, you buy it separately. But when the DVD collection came out in 2000, I want to say 2006 they all came out together and I was just like oh different so um I, a great pick the only thing I can actually add to that is that um that was the first time I ever hated a movie like at the end of it whoa like I was like what the hell <laughs> it's to be continued <laughs> like yeah. or to be concluded oh, that's right. I was I was so pissed off. Yeah, dude. Like I like I, I I remember sitting there so happy with that movie and then they ended it that way and then they and then not only did they say it's to be concluded um I don't know about if I ever told you this but I love westerns and so when I found out that Back to the Future 3 was going to be a western I was like Oh my god! I need to watch this movie now! Aww. You know what also sucked is the fact that. That. Not sucked, but like, yeah, like Dennis said, the biggest tease was the fact that they showed the literal trailer for Back to the Future 3 at yep. the ending Unheard of Back of. to the mm-hmm. Future 2. Yeah. And we, in the theater, thought that the movie was gonna. Con- we did, I didn't know there was a Back to the Future 3. Right. So when it said to be concluded, I was like, oh, it's this is the scene. And then I was like, oh, it's another movie! <laughs> and then it's like. And then we were like, so. You gotta wait a year? 1990? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm, I love Back to the Future, too. I love it. I love anything about the future, which is why I like the Jetsons more than the Flintstones. <laughs> um, but I remember um, going to the Universal's studio tour, the tram tour, around that time as a kid. And I remember, and they kept the clock tower 
for a while. Until like the until yeah, until it, yeah, that's correct. You're right. Um and I remember the clock tower as it was in Back to the Future too. So the you know, the little water thing in the front with um I remember that as seeing that as a kid and that was awesome to see to wonder why is the clock tower like this? And I've probably we've probably went to Universal Studios maybe once a year if that back then. Um so you always notice a change, right? Because there there's so much time in between. Um so seeing that clock tower set, dressed up to be the future that was that that was cool and and that's why i i think i like back to the future 2 more than any other back to the futures yeah you're not gonna get an argument from me because i think you're right uh, it was one of the like harold already said i think it's one of the the few perfect trilogies lord of the rings not, notwithstanding but um you know this the second part was definitely like i one mean of obviously the most, your definition of perfect is uh you know you know yeah you know <laughs> Hoovy in here um bias so like the fact like like again what kurt just said the fact that they went to the future such like in pop it was there, there's so many iconic moments from the outfits like harold said mm-hmm. to the point like the the delorean is already like etched into everybody's minds after the first movie but i think that the second movie really like uh, like hammered in like it's it being a freaking icon in not even just pop culture but just in in, in knowledge in general like you still it's funny that in retrospect like I've seen those documentaries about how like the actual DeLorean company went under and mm-hmm. the guy who built it was like some sleaze bag but at the same time it's like oh how could a movie with like everybody loved in this great car mm-hmm. be you know be about this guy but uh, uh, I digress but in in other news like Harold is a sneakerhead like myself, and like ah. fit, what five years ago, the Air Mags, which were iconic. Yeah, 2015. Oh shoot. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the Air Mags mm-hmm. made again made classic because of that one scene, and everybody wanted like self lacing shoes Ugh. ever since then. They still go for like what, dude? Five Gs? Thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah thousands Jeez. of dollars. Um, it started off as like a, I think it started off as like something for. The Michael J. Fox Foundation for, yeah. for, for Parkinson Research, but then Hype Beasts get, got around to it to the point where, yeah, I, I think Nike started making more for general distribution, but it's still uh, out of control to the point where, like, hey, yeah, it's crazy to me. Like, kids, like, yeah, my kids' age, like 15 year olds, like, you were not in the theaters when this came out. Yeah. Like, your, your parents were still, you know, your age back then, but like, it, it resonates to uh, a, a weird timelessness to it. Um, speaking of timeless, I'm still waiting for the day when I can wear double neckties because I think that's still not a thing. <laughs> no, you can. But I, I guess the one thing that they did get right is uh, Zoom meetings. Yeah. Because so oh, you yeah. know, like, hey, there you go. That's still the one thing that pisses me off, though, right? What's that? Dehydrated pizza. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You're still waiting for that. The little <laughs> box. You throw it. It's like it's as big as a. I'll say a CD. And then you know you throw it in, and all of a sudden it's a giant, an extra large pizza mm-hmm. full of bubbly cheese. Yeah, 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 yeah. It still takes me twenty minutes to zap my like frozen pizza, and it's like, come on, dude. Oh. And, and it looks like crap. It, oh yeah. <laughs> it's burnt. It's like uneven. I don't get it. And I've always so, wanted yeah. grapes to come down from my. Uh, oh, the center. <laughs> yeah, just like grapes. <laughs> also, Marty Jr. Right. Oh man, I still quote that movie. The, I. You need to install one of those in your island. I yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just I want Max headroom everywhere. Yes. Yeah. I still quote it. Elijah Wood saying, "You have to use your hands." It's <laughs> <laughs> a baby's toy. Or like, or um, I still say, "Your jacket is now dry." Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I did. I I used uh, Jason Lee's line a lot. Uh, Jason Scott Lee's line. You need power. <laughs> 
Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the one thing the future needed was a Chinese guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that ended up being Bruce Lee. <laughs> so, yeah. Biff yeah. Griff. Oh, yeah. Great pull. And I, I love, love that they that. still, like, even the movies now, like, it's, uh, Endgame came out, I know it's been a year or two, but, like, till, like, every, every time travel that, movie, they still have to talk about, yeah, like, the, 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 the timeline thing, and even community, they still talk about oh, that, so, right. yeah, so, like, yeah, great pull, one of the, like, iconic time travel movies, um, ever, uh, to be perfectly honest, and I'm glad, I'm honestly glad that there hasn't been has there been any talk about remaking it? They better it? not. No. Okay. Yeah, that's if definitely they, one of those. I know we talked about Little Mermaid. Harold is going to go to war. If yes. The, the, the <laughs> Literally. We're gonna scrap. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna but you know what's funny? Fight. You know what's funny though, right? Is what? people were talking about the fact that if they did technically uh, Back to the Future now, that they would be going back to 1985 oh my God. or the late 80s, early 90s. Oh no. And. You imagine, you know, oh yeah, things are so much different. No, not really. No. Uh, just our pants were uh, slightly tighter, um, or maybe I still wear mine. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and clothes were a lot brighter. But yeah, we're okay. Uh, moving forward, since uh, clearly we enjoy that way too much. <laughs> um, uh, let's go with um, let's go with TV shows, and I, I guess I'm starting it since I started the movies. Um, I, I again. Uh, I'd like to point out that I was not here yet um, when this movie started, or this TV show started. Um, and the difficulty of this is that there's there were a lot of TV shows that were happening that were gaining prominence. Uh, there were uh, uh, TV shows that uh, were beginning, and there were TV shows like Moonlighting, which I could have uh, done as as my show that ended. But I, I'm going to go with a show that started um, that that for, uh, that started a uh, I, I would consider it to be a cultural phenomena um and uh, the 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 show i'm going to start with is uh baywatch uh with david hasselhoff now again i have a list of shows and you went with baywatch you're amazing man. <laughs> I but again, you, man. I love you so much. just just so just like just like the, uh, the little mermaid i do have a story for this and the reason why um uh, this is because uh, because eventually if we go with um was it um Oh, crap! Is it Boston League or Boston something? I forget. Um, where uh, if ever I want to talk about the, my my start in in um, in uh, education, you know, I'd be talking about um, I could oh, be Boston Commons. Boston oh, Commons. with what's his name? With that guy. Uh, yeah. With that guy. The Southern guy. Yeah. Guy. Oh. And the reason is in 1989 uh, when I when I left when I immigrated, um, it was not one of those things where you know as a family we all decided you know what we've been waiting for 10 years you know we have a plan let's go this one was like a quick you know we're leaving now type thing grab your stuff you know you have like two weeks to uh get uh, get all your stuff and um in the philippines i was i I'd, i was already a freshman in high school um i was in i, I don't know if you guys remember there there are these two almost has almost been um uh, uh, uh um, olympic swimmers um uh, akiko thompson was one of uh, one of them and i was actually swimming alongside um them that i was and so i was in the junior filipino uh, olympic team that's that, that, that's where i was so wow. when i got here i was like my school didn't have a swimming pool <laughs> You know, and so I was like, "What can I do to, um, you know, to continue my career?" And so I actually started. I, I became a um, 
a lifeguard um, at the YMCA with the hopes of eventually becoming a a beach uh, a guard. And the reason was because of um, um, uh, of uh, Baywatch. You know, seeing David Hasselhoff, um, you know, running around. Well, not just him, of course, <laughs> but the other people. But it was just like such a iconic movie for me. The idea of, especially like I remember the very first. Um, in the very first uh, episode, there was like a, a trial where they had to like learn. They, they, you had to like um, uh, earn your way into Baywatch, you know. And it was it was the um, you had to run to the water. You had to go across or, or around the pier, and then you had to like run. And like I I remember thinking to myself, that's so cool. I want to do that. And for the longest time, that that was like a religious show for me. Like I was not just because of Pamela Anderson and her bikini, but it was like really it was almost like okay that so that's what i need to do that's how i'm supposed Aww. to throw the uh, uh the, the, the the buoy and everything and unfortunately i realized Rebound how far how far um a malibu and santa monica oh, was from the, from the san fernando valley and i could like you know I, I i i swear to you one summer i decided that i was gonna try to try to go for it after like the third day I couldn't afford gas. I couldn't afford gas. Uh, so, so I had to be like, you know what? I'm going to be a YMCA uh, lifeguard. I think I remember that, Joe. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think you're the only one who used Baywatch as a career guide. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Baywatch had storylines. <laughs> Uh, yeah, especially when it became Baywatch Nights. Oh. Um, <laughs> wow, that was the sci-fi version, right? No, that was the. Eventually, it did, but that was the uh, detective one, uh, where for some reason, Mitch after, Buchanan. Was like, uh, yeah, after <laughs> after <laughs> having a day <laughs> in the sun, Mitch Buchanan would become Hobby. a private uh, a private detective. You know, so what can I say? There you go. Yeah, I thought your story was gonna be like I rented Little Mermaid and then you came home with Baywatch. Like, wait a second, that's not Ariel at all. There's a theme. That's a different <laughs> Ariel, if you know what I'm saying. And but your parents like, oh no, this turned off. No, 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 mom. Keep it playing. Keep it playing. So now we know a lot about Dennis. <laughs> dude, because actually, you're right. Dude. I, I love that. That's a great pull because again, I, I was still in the Philippines back then, and it's great, like how pop, like kind of. I, again, I, I know nowadays we just talked about like uh, and how K-pop and, and BTS is worldwide now, but back then even the, the same the same was still uh, stood with Baywatch because like in the Philippines like that was the weird. I know it sounds weirdly jingoistic and like uh, whatever. Like this is the American ideal. Mm-hmm. I'm watching. It's like they're beautiful and blonde-haired and so fit. And the worst thing that could happen is I don't know somebody spill their ice cream and there's a murder on the beach. So it's like, okay, you know, like, this is it. And like, so when my parents finally told us, like, we're going to come to America, like, two, three years there, 90, in the early 90s, it was like, yay, we're going to go to Malibu. We ended up in Burbank. Nothing like Malibu. <laughs> it's pretty close, I guess. <laughs> it's not that I mean, the, uh, yeah, McCambridge Park, not quite the, <laughs> the big spot. You could have been in North Hills, you know what I'm saying? Uh, that's true. <laughs> that's been true. A lot worse, worse, I guess. <laughs> but great pull, dude, yeah. You talk about Baywatch being global, and I think... Baywatch was the first U.S. show that was like sh- that aired in China, like that. W- that was groundbreaking, and, and it's funny. That's be- an interesting choice, right? no, By China. I know. Like, <laughs> all the shows. I mean, I think we all know what the choice. We were. all know. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. Those buoys. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, they were all wearing red. <laughs> that makes sense. True. Right. Makes sense. Was the Red Army? Yeah. One thing I can say about Baywatch is. 
One time Hulk Hogan and Macho Man were on it. Dude, you're right. And that's, that's all how, I remember. I mean, but that, that's the thing, though. It became such a phenomenon that there were, like, you know, big stars for Serena started popping up, like, literally and figuratively um, in, in, in in that show, you know. And then they, they became... The, the, I see what you did there. The stars became the stars. <laughs> I just remember when Nicole Eggert became a star on there because I was like... Oh my God! Hot girl from Charles and Charles. Charles and Oh heck yes, dude! Yeah. Now a hot girl on Bill. That's true. That I forgot a, about um, that. That was a hashtag glow up, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh. she's always hot. Dude. But yeah, to this day, <laughs> has, is there anybody in this room here that has never tried to do the uh, Baywatch run? You know, like at a certain point, have you ever tried running in slow motion in the beach? We did that together. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's why. That's why I, I, if, if either of you were going to say no, I was going to call you out. Liars. Liars. <laughs> face liars. We were we had, there. But instead of boogies, we had boogie boards, but we still ran like this. <laughs> Ooh, the lip bite, too. Harold, yeah. wow. That's the next thing I'm going to let you just try. <laughs> yeah, to this day, dude. I mean, I know we just went to the beach a few weeks ago for your birthday. Like, whenever we passed by a lifeguard tower, I still look at those the little sti- lifesaver things like, wow. <laughs> How did those work? I really don't. I like how you, can, how you can, throw it. You know, <laughs> and then like just hope that whoever's carrying it, or whoever you throw it to, can like hold on to it for dear life. Actually, I know this is a quick aside, but my friend got was one of the people that got saved by a lifeguard before. <laughs> and while we were watching on the thing, we were like, oh, they're like really relevant people. Oh like, my god! Like the, this Baywatch people are useful because he could have died out there. And we were all waiting for the hot girl, but it was like it's a burly dude. We're like, oh. Uh, real quick uh, aside, um, my my uh, my family went to San Diego like maybe two months ago, and we went to um, the the bay, the Mission Bay or whatever it's called, um, and my daughter, uh, being my daughter, um, you know, was swimming around, and my wife um, saw, and again, my wife being my wife, saw like this little girl's uh, ball um, floating into like into the bay, and my wife goes, Phoebe, get it, and so. My, my daughter starts swimming into the bay. It, halfway through, like I, I guess the, the the lifeguard sees my daughter, um, in the middle of the the freaking mission bay, and um, you see him kind of do the uh, lifeguard thing where grabs his um, uh, grabs like the um, the his um, surfboard, starts paddling at, like as fast as he can, and he gets to my daughter. I'm like, oh my god, I need to take a video of this. He's, he's uh, my daughter's gonna get saved, and you, the only thing you see is my daughter and him talking, and then my daughter waves at him, and then he she swims back, and we're like, what happened? What happened? And my daughter goes, oh, he asked if I needed help. I said no. <laughs> <laughs> so I was yeah. like, oh. Cool, I guess. Aww. <laughs> she learned from Baywatch. Yeah, it was a slow day. <laughs> he was like, I must help this little girl. It's very shallow water. Um, okay, so for, for my choice for TV shows, um, speaking of cultural phenomena that uh, reach way past uh, its probable threshold and probably should be retired sooner than later, is um, one of the animated shows that I love and I think everybody in this room still quotes to this day, uh, The Simpsons. Uh, so it debuted back in 89... Uh, I'm sorry. Never heard. Never of it. heard. Never, of it. I don't know. Was that the show on the Tracy Ullman show? Simpsons. <laughs> the Sim Ons? Simpsons. Yeah, you're a simp. Um, you know, one of the greatest. I mean, at its at its peak, like some of the funniest stuff that me and my dumb middle school and high school friends would quote uh, day in and day out. Like before Chappelle show, before any of that viral stuff. Like um go banana for me is still quotable for me uh anything <laughs> ralph says and 
you know, just a, a, an amazing, uh, just like a, again, I, I'm gonna beat this, this 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 comment to death, but like cultural phenomenon, like it's uh, it was lightning in a bottle that this ugly animated show lasted as long as it did. And yes, um, in retrospect, I think when they finally released the seasons on DVD years ago, like I, I bought the first three four seasons, and it was a rough start. I'll be perfectly honest. I think they really picked up their 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 goods in like the third fourth season and onwards um i'll be honest as well i haven't seen the last few seasons because almost feels like it's a parade of like best hits kind of thing like they're just reiterating the same jokes and homer's a dummy and bart's gonna do something dumb and lisa's too smart for everybody in this room but um you know at, at its peak at its greatest at, at its at the height of its power the simpsons was everywhere and everything for everything our age so uh shout out to that i mean every great thing that has a start and 89 was a start for the simpsons you talk about it like we don't use it as a reference for our movie reviews. That's you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're like this is a good point. Yeah, we quote it all the time. We used it a couple of days ago <laughs> to yeah. review a movie because I actu- I actually said the words perfectly yeah. romulan yeah. earlier earlier yeah and um yeah uh, you know it doesn't it hasn't affected my life as much as <laughs> you know, yeah that's that's forever quotable life-changing stuff i didn't even we it's one of those things you don't even know at the time you just watch like when i was watching it i was like okay cool something on i think at first it was on sunday nights and then it moved to thursday nights when it was going up against the cosby show oh, i don't know if we could talk about that but um like at first it was just like oh this is kind of clever and you know fun stuff and then ironically the older we get watching our cartoon and the more relevant it becomes it became like literally a part of my life up until i want to say 2004 and I used to own seasons 1 through 15 on DVD. Uh, I say used to own, like, it's not in my garage, but I still have them. <laughs> but, like, it's all fully accessible now on Disney+, Plus, so I can, like, literally just pick out episodes I want to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's nothing about like, nothing bad about binging that show that, that, you know, you used to love. And literally was probably the, might be the big, one of the biggest influences of pop culture in my life, so using it as references at least twice a week so at least twice a week at least twice a week (laughs) like minimum twice a week never heard of it still so (laughs) curse i mean uh, is this like an indie indie tv show or no actually i'm picking one that oh no i'm talking about the simpsons oh oh yeah i mean i (laughs) i remember watching i mean i brought it up earlier jokingly but i remember watching the tracy ullman show she did like great sketch comedy and for a while the simpsons was just like in between like right before she cut into commercial right it was just like three five minutes max about this quirky family and this like brat bratty son just you know ruining homer's day right like that and that was it and i loved it and one of and that's one of the main reasons i watched the tracy ullman show i know i was like 11. Um, See, things we missed when yeah. we were in the Philippines. <laughs> like, the Tracy Ullman show was fantastic, by the way. Yeah, you know what we watched right. instead of the Tracy Ullman show? Nothing, because was, there was a blackout. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> oh, they say, the flies eating a dog outside? Oh, <laughs> oh. oh yeah. gosh. Third world country, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Courage, go for it. Oh, no, it's but, a TV show. Yeah, I remember it, like, yeah, in its infancy. And having it grow and seeing where it is today oh my god like that that talk we talk about glow up like that's the biggest one ever um but yeah we 
I still, I love, I love The Simpsons, right? I love Lisa. Um, <laughs> I think, I think I quote The Simpsons not as much as Harold does, but I still say this tastes like burning. <laughs> I still say. <laughs> I always use it tastes like burning. Hot, hot, hot stuff coming through. <laughs> I still say. <laughs> I forget that that's from The Simpsons. I keep thinking. How dare you? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> that. I keep thinking. We use that all the time. I keep thinking. Lewis thinks it's him. It was about him. I keep thinking. No, no, no. <laughs> it's some R-rated comedy that we've all seen, but it's like, no, that was from the freaking Simpsons, yes. and they got away with it. <laughs> I love it. I love Work it. hard, play hard. Like, oh my god, this is happening. This is happening on TV. <laughs> yeah, I still say uh, things are coming up, Millhouse. Mm-hmm. And just this week, Adidas uh, announced that they're making Flanders shoes, and I make one joke about stupid, sexy Flanders, and literally like half a dozen responses from people our generation. So I'm like, that's why we're friends, yeah. and that's why we're on this podcast together. I love y'all. Did you pre-order those shoes? I might. Okay. As long as they my berries. Yeah, when my Air Max sorry, when, when my Air Max come in, I guess I'll, I'll pre-order the. <laughs> Would you wear those? That, is the question because the 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 Flanders yeah, is or the, the Air Max Air Max no if no, I the, if the I Flanders is no. I actually might because they're like peak dad shoes dude I, I actually saw them and uh, I was at the Nike store today because my son had a basketball tournament but um um Air Monarchs the dad shoes are actually on sale for fifty bucks Dennis we can get a pair and we can match Dennis has a pair outside already this, damn it Dennis also uh, la- me, last week I do hold on I, I saw I think I saw a pair of <laughs> you don't even know you got he dad shoes exactly. you got Air Dads dude I just bought it because it looked cool <laughs> and they were very comfortable. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah, it was priced reasonably. <laughs> really sad reference that I used. Not sad reference, but a random reference that I used last week when I was on I was on hold on a phone on a conference call. The the sound the the song that I was playing sounded like a song I'd heard from The Simpsons, and so I was singing it before I, like the person got back on hold. So like the whole time I was like. Hey there, blimpy boy, <laughs> riding in the flight, hot sky, so fancy free. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and all they heard was fancy free, and I was like... Uh. <laughs> oh, hello. Thank you for holding. I mean, we, we brought up even at Niage yes. when we were talking about like, BTS. Like, come on. That's True. still there. The monorail song, Conan O'Brien doing oh that God. at the Hollywood Bowl. Monor- yes, you're right. You see that clip you, on Conan YouTube? O'Brien, that yeah. was great. Uh, oh. Too bad the Lyle is actually passed in real life. You know, Phil oh. Hartman. So oh, right, right, right. Still stings. Oh. Yeah. Okay, we have two more TV shows that we're, we're waiting for here. Okay, I'll go. Um, <laughs> it'll be quick. Um, I wanted uh, one of my favorite shows that premiered in 1989 was, of course. Saved by the Bell. I went to a private school, not a flex, private school. I had to wear a uniform. So seeing kids in school, first of all, in regular clothes and cool clothes at that, like, I thought that was cool. Saved by the Bell was a whole entire world that I wanted to be a part of. Like, growing up here in the valley, you know, I wanted to live in Bayside and go to that school all you know every like everyone was cool everyone was having fun with each other hijinks ensues <laughs> you know and hanging out at the max after school like i didn't have that here so i wanted to give a quick little nod to save by the bell because it was the world that i wanted to be a part of and didn't get to oh yeah there was no rest pizza hut the pizza hut on roscoe I mean, we that talk. Yeah, we talk about that donut shop, but not. Yeah. I mean, we didn't yeah. have a guy that like did up close magic. Yeah, Ed Alonzo. 
I mean, I have no idea what it is. <laughs> did he make single cigarettes up here out of nowhere? <laughs> no, no, he did not. He did it like this thing where it's like hiding the magic <laughs> card, like boom. Um, I agree with Chris. Um, most people know I am a super, super fanatic. Um, I, I kind of miss Haley Mills being Miss Bliss. Oh yeah. He didn't really miss uh, Mikey too much or Nikki, the two. Mm-hmm. You know who also was in the first season of Saved by the Bell, though, right? Who? Carla Gugino. Carla Gugins. <laughs> yeah, she was the older girlfriend of Zach Morris. I don't remember that. Yeah. Was he, that from Good Morning Miss Bliss? Good Morning Miss. Okay. So he pretend she he pretended he was a ninth grader when he was actually an eighth grader. So he should have been. Uh, you know. That's... Have you seen the web series? Um, I think it's a Funny or Die series now. Um, the Zach, Zach Morris. Morris is trash. Yes. Because he's garbage. Yeah. Like, as an adult, you you think about the, the little pranks that he would pull or, you know, those little, like, side deals he would do to get away with the Oh, my gosh. The one that still makes me laugh was uh, <laughs> the Zach Morris is a bad person. I forgot what it's called. But, like, uh, they talk about how Zach Morris literally um, appropriated a culture of Native Americanism to, to do a... Uh, a school project. Oh my god. And he called himself Running Zach and put on the whole thing. Oh my gosh, dude. And it's like he was like one sixty fifth Cherokee oh my Indian god. or something like that. But like <laughs> the fact that he, yeah. Yeah, they could not get away with it. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. But I like that's one of those shows where I like married with children and all those things where I grew up and I always wanted to see everybody succeed. And then Jesse Spano did Showgirls. Mm-hmm. And then Lark Voorhees did How High and then Screech passed away last year. Yeah. So. Did he really? We talked about yeah. this before. Yeah. Holy crap. Even last year or earlier this year, Dustin Diamond had cancer. So, sorry about that. Oh. Screech. Yeah. You're a good man. But your legacy lives on. I yes. know. Okay. Harold, how about you? What's your last one? All right. I am going to go with a TV show that I had no idea was an offshoot of another TV show and ended up being one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. The show is called Family Matters. Um, and it was an offshoot? Of Perfect Strangers. How? Harriet, <laughs> yeah. Harriet used to work as the elevator attendant. Oh! At the, my okay, gosh. okay, at the okay. Cousin Larry's oh newspaper. My yeah, Cousin gosh. Larry's newspaper. Yeah, the things that you never realized as a child this and only podcast. as an adult. <laughs> yeah, oh my and gosh. you know, when I research something, I'm like, ooh. And then you go the back end. into it and you be like, yeah. the very first episode of, or like, this is the very first appearance of Harriet working for the Chicago Chronicle or whatever Larry, Cousin Larry's um, uh, newspaper was. But everyone talks about Urkel because Urkel became the show. Yeah. I was never... I liked Urkel. Like, when he did the Urkel, uh, you know, you lost me when he became Stefan Urkel and he turned. He had the machine <laughs> where he can do all the stuff. I, 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 I was actually a fan of Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> when he became, like, Bruce Lee Stefan... That's kind of cool. But I was always a Carl Winslow fan because Carl Winslow, diehard. Yep. And it's like, my dad had always been like, so my dad loves to uh, relate songs and music to things that, you know, he sees them do. So he saw one time Carl Winslow with his at his high school reunion performed uh, The Land of a Thousand Dances. And ever since that song, uh, ever since he saw Carl Winslow do that song, every time that song comes on, my dad goes, Carl Winslow, is it Land of a Thousand Dances or Do You Love Me? 
I think it might be Do You Love Me. It's either one of those songs. Mm-hmm. But it's either from The Great Outdoors or from uh, Family Matters. But my dad's like, oh, it's the Carl song that Carl Winslow did. Or the, or how my dad says it, the Fat Cop does. And <laughs> <coughs> I just loved that it was before they did the TJF stuff because Full House was about to be on. But it was it was just Perfect Strangers and it was Family Matters. And like having multi-generational people living in one house which is what they didn't really have too much in the Cosby show or any other real shows like any other sitcoms at the time like when they had the grandma living there and they had the aunt living there I was like that's very familiar to our household Mm -hmm. because my grandma is downstairs living with my aunt so it's like (coughs) super relatable and it was actually actually funny at the time and uh, once they started incorporating more of Urkel and like his relationship with Laura and all that kind of stuff I was like and then when they brought Eddie to more of the forefront and making Eddie a main character instead of just the side, you know, douchey brother, um, mm-hmm. I was like, dude, this show, I'm gonna, like, I, like, honestly, I didn't stop, I stopped watching the show maybe, like, a year or two before it ended because, you know, like, just sitcoms on a Friday night, you're never gonna catch it. Yeah. And then it moved to CBS at the time, but for when it was on, having Perfect Strangers right before it and then having that kind of comedy right afterwards, as a kid... You know, family sitcoms like that were hard to come by. That were actually funny. So. Yeah, Family Matters. I'm 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 still um, struck by the idea that Family Matters came from Balky and I Cousin know. Larry. I know. I didn't know that. So also, the name of the show had always just confused me. I was like, "What the heck is a Family Matters?" And then I broke it down as an adult, and I was like, "It means two different things. It's Family Matters. Like this is our issues." But also, your family matters. And I was like, oh. Oh, oh my God. Is that what it means? Wow. <laughs> okay. okay. Wow. Okay. Now, now <laughs> Harold. Harold breakthrough. Harold has put way too much thought into this, but turns out I only, turns out I only thought it, I only thought about it in one way. I didn't realize the, the first one because I always thought it as that, that family matters. That's, yeah. that's the only way I, I didn't. I didn't know. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Thank you. I had Family this moment. Happenings. I had this moment like years ago with Arrested Development. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> because Dad was arrested. Also, they didn't <laughs> grow up. Oh. oh. I told my wife, and she's like, "Shut up, please go to bed." <laughs> I'm gonna go home now and tell her, "Babe, do you know what Valley matters means?" <laughs> according to Harold. <laughs> according to Harold. He might have an IMDb. Hold on. Let me check. And then she's going to be like, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> yeah, go to bed. She was born yeah, here. Yeah, shut up. Go she to bed. Here, <laughs> but Harold, you brought up a good point because it was one of those rare comedies where you can see a family of color and the parents were working class. Yes. Right? Um, the Cosby show before that, you know, you have Dr. Huxtable. So it was like a, 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 a upper class yeah. family, um, which was great, right? That was... that. That was profound, too. But seeing, you know, regular folks, you know, just, you know, just like my family, you know, coming up, just trying to just trying to make it with, you know, many generations under one roof like that. You're right. That was that (laughs) that was very relatable more. And thinking about it more now, I can't. Yeah, I'm just realizing it now. That family matters. That family matters. Also, matter is a part of us. <laughs> it's a part of Scientifically. <laughs> science. Science. And Steve Urkel was into science. <laughs> oh, and he Steve. did. He did the Urkel around the same time that Bart had the Bart, uh, Bartman. So yeah. it's like he had competing dances of people pointing in the air. Yeah, th- yeah. Wait, come and on. And the bat dance. It yeah. was lit on a the lot, radio. A lot of dancing. 
Um, and the last thing I have for that is like Harold kind of mentioned like, oh, I didn't get to watch the last few seasons or whatever of Family Matters because who's home on a Friday is like this immigrant was. So thanks a lot, Harold. <laughs> Ain't no problem. I love TGI Fridays because that was sadly when when I when I make my origin uh, story Netflix show, it'll be that, that'll be part of it. Like uh, everybody else had plans on a Friday night, but this sad guy has stayed home and watched TGI Friday with his brother and sister and grandma. Which is, yeah, again, multi-generational because family mm-hmm. matters. Family matters. Family, comma, matters. <laughs> Sorry, I don't comma? know. Comma? Semicolon? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Emphasis? Exclamation point? Okay, cool. Uh, so moving forward. Sentence structure. Uh, the, third, the third part of this is we, since we talked about um, uh, movies, we talked about TV, um, I, we're going to go to the one that I have to admit that I am severely lacking. So uh, we're going to go really quickly through this. Uh, I, I joked around about this. Uh, 1989 is peak uh, Jose Marie Chan. Um, <laughs> so we could talk about that. But as uh, as Harold as Harold was uh, was uh, mentioning, I, I was looking through it and I, I was like typing up 1989 in music. But there was one 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 name that just kept on popping up over and over and over again. It was Richard Marks. Yeah. <laughs> I realized because I was thinking to myself, you know, there's uh, because for for Baywatch, I said it, you know, I never really got to watch it until I got to America. Uh, Little Mermaid, I never really got to watch it until I got to America. Um, but it just so happens that you know, music in the Philippines, um, it, it, there was no such thing as a uh, you know hip hop or anything like that. But if you want to go Richard Marx, it turns out that we were pretty uh, we were pretty current and up to date. Um, so uh, when um, Harold was playing a song from 1989, and so I was like, okay, uh, maybe there's a song that I would know. And so I po- I, I typed it in. The very first song was <laughs> "Right Here Waiting for You" by Richard Marks. Mm. And I was like, damn it, I know that song. I love that song. <laughs> That's the song I'm going to use. <laughs> And then so begrudgingly, um, for my music portion, Richard Marks is begrudgingly. How dare you? <laughs> because you loving me? because because I, again, I, I I say begrudgingly because I I thought I was gonna be able to say and pull off the whole. You know what? I don't know anything oh, okay. about music, but no, I actually know and I love this song. So uh, right here, waiting for you. It, it, you know, it's one of those songs where. Um, and I guess that's what Richard Marx is known for. Um, but w- when you start playing the first like um, notes of the song, you're like, "Damn it, this is gonna be the jam!" And I'm going to start singing. So that's my song today, Richard Marx. No, dude, you're totally right. Cause um, Harold started playing it on the Bluetooth. Um, Courage and I were outside your garage with your wife, and we. I, you're right. The first few things, and I'm already like. We were in the middle of a conversation, like, nah, okay, I'm not gonna try. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. How how did it go? I'm the worst. I think Lewis is having an asthma attack. Now, now that Lewis is at the, his peak physical condition, he's having his asthma, and everything hurts. Every, everything hurts at this point. <laughs> that opening piano riff, though. If you don't know the song right away, there might be something wrong with you. <laughs> But also that was one of those things like during that time where I was like, I have a piano at home. I'm going to learn this from uh, here. And you know, like that and All My Life, those are the songs dude, where you're like, uh, all I'm my totally going yeah. to uh. totally pick up chicks using this intro real quick. And I was like, you know that thing? Also me, I know. Wait, wait, what instrument was that? Like, that was my the uh, harpsichord. harpsichord. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I became a... Uh, What's the name? Lurch from the Adam's Family. 
like, dude. Yeah. Dude. Dude. Just that song is. I think it's one of the most perfect songs in the world. It's, also, no, you're right. It's a perfect ballad pop yeah. song. There was one of my friends. You know, uh, a curse. The only thing that could make that song even better, uh, it, it was about a massacre, or, oh. or like a, a, national, a national, tra- tragedy. national tragedy. <laughs> it could be. Hazard. It could very well be. Ever heard his song Hazard? Oh yeah, that's right. It's about right. a girl missing. Um, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say that's, murder. But, yeah, that's um, Yeah, yeah. We don't know. We, we don't know. Yeah, yeah, you you guys just don't know. BTS that. actually made a cover. <laughs> they did do a cover of "I'll Be Missing You." I did um, see that. It's kind of hard well, with them to run around. We'll watch when that When Harold later. gets into it, he gets into it. We'll watch that later. Yeah, I love that song. There was I was saying. There's one girl I met who heard me sing that song. And from every day I had met her or had met up with her after that, we would go to a karaoke place and she'd be like, you know what song I need to hear? And I'm like, not Richard Marks? <laughs> She's like, it's either that or uh, something else. And I'm like, oh, but you sang it. Yeah, oh. I'm a sucker for her. Sorry. Cute. Jonas Brothers. <laughs> Cute. Yeah, I got nothing to add except the fact that, yeah, it is indeed the jam. And next time we do karaoke, it's going to have to be up there. With Little Mermaid, and Dennis has to have the mic for Little Mermaid. Yeah, you guys can do what I uh, should do. This. Okay, you can harmonize Richard Marks. Right. Of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> wow. No, <laughs> time out. Time out. I'm sorry. Yeah. Look Hello. who you're talking to. I know this is an off off subject, just because it still makes me laugh. Remember a few years ago, like a long time ago, they made a cover of um, uh, "Boys in the Hood" by Dynamite Hack. Yes. They did yes. Like thing, right. So, me and Dennis were in the car one time, and we're you know going to an event. And the song comes on that version, and I harmonized to a parody version of that song. And Dennis said, "Did you really just harmonize?" <laughs> Dynamite! The wow! I, like, I do it all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah. that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> nice call. Good call. Um, so I, I'm kind of with Dennis on this one. I don't have a lot of like great musical stuff, but when I did look up 1989, same thing that Dennis did. Um, I saw something that uh, that that, that kind of triggered a, a few memories to me. Um, but anyway, I'm gonna go with Janet Jackson's "Miss You Much." Um, that was my jam. I think that was my introduction to. That's her famous when she did oh. the dance. <laughs> I've had. You no. did what? No, when she did the dance. Oh, I thought you were telling you like point to like. No, oh, no. Well. <laughs> that's how. That's the song. That's the movement that triggered in my head right when you did that. It's yeah. She does. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I think that was my first introduction back in '89 to like. Black American culture. Like, I, I know Michael Jackson was like... Um, a PBA. <laughs> the imports that play for the PBA. The imports. Yeah. Oh, that's basketball. Yeah, so that guy can dunk. So wow. Ba- oh, basketball. Yeah, so yeah. Kirsch... Uh, like, bowling? <laughs> Kirsch, if, if, if you don't know what we're talking about, in the Philippines, uh, we had the Filipino uh, Bas- leagues, yeah. right? Uh, but back then, that was the big thing, is that every so often, uh, like, not every so every team would all of a sudden have an, what, what they call an import. It was basically a has-been yeah. basketball NBA player. A ringer. And would come in, <laughs> yeah. and he would be, like, the big thing everywhere. Yeah. And he was like, oh, my God, that's how you play basketball. <laughs> like, that guy can dunk. He's, like, the guy who can dunk <laughs> the on the team. Guy. Every team had 
one. Um, but yeah, so Janet Jackson's Miss You Much, again, when I was in the Philippines, uh, we didn't have MTV back then, but for whatever reason, I still do remember seeing that video. And yeah, thank you, Harold, for doing the little dance moves. But it, it was like, so obviously his brother Michael was a phenomenon. I can't even say pop phenomenon. Like he was like literally in everywhere and everything. But he almost felt like, um, like on a different level. Like he was this music that's it but janet at the time like she introduced me to like oh this is what like kind of, it's not hip-hop obviously but like r&b that kind of like the aesthetic the feel of like this is black music in america and that's and when i came here like that was actually the funny thing is again uh, i premised it earlier i came to burbank and at the time burbank was pretty you know most of my classmates were like into alternate music the, the grunge scene in the early 90s but i was still like really into like i, I like salt and pepper i like janet jackson i like that stuff like does anybody here listen to that turns out none uh it was me and michael burton and i, I I'll, I'll let you assume where he's uh, you know what his background is um so yeah dude uh, janet jackson was a jam for me uh years ago uh janet performed again at the bowl it was one of the first concerts my wife and i went to it was great. It was lit. It was mm. nostalgia is a hell of a drug. Like whenever you, you hear the first few uh, notes, and obviously her whole uh, dis, uh, discography is just amazing. But like miss you much. She played that. She played if, and yeah, it's a bunch of 30, 40 year old people in the crowd acting like they can still dance. But again, <laughs> just kind of like the the Back to the Future conversation we had earlier. How like. The youths, the younger people, the youths, the youths, youths. You, Did you youths. say youths? You know, they, they, they wear the air mags. But that was the fun part about going to the Janet concert is that, like, there's still a, a younger demographic that she attracts. So I think her music is, uh, I, I mean, I guess timeless is kind of a heavy thing to say. But, yeah, it's timeless. Like, you mm-hmm. can still, you know, she, uh, I'm sure you can still pull up her, her, her playlist on, on Spotify or whatnot. And there's a couple jams there. I'm not sure if she's still making any music now. Um, I know she started a family years ago. And, you know, like I said, she's been touring. And I, I don't know how often she'll be touring. But um, she was just a, a sight to behold back then a few years ago. But, yeah, it all started from, for, uh, personally for me, for, with Janet, it started back in 89. I'm going to jump on that because I also picked Janet Jackson, but I picked the whole album, the Rhythm Nation 1814 album. Miss You Much was on that, along with Rhythm Nation, All Right, Love Will Never Do. Um, And and Lewis brought it up before, like, she was in the shadow, uh, you know, she was in Michael's shadow for a long time. And it wasn't until Control, the album before this one, until, you know, it wasn't until that album where she kind of, like, broke free Right. She kind of just stepped aside from that shadow and kind of built um, built her own sound with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Um, You know, the visuals were different. You know, she wasn't that cookie cutter, you know, girl group kind of like person. Right. Because her brothers were in Jackson five. So she was really breaking away and addressing issues that mattered to her. She was becoming, you know, she was, you know, becoming the woman that she is now. So she was like learning about herself, learning about um control her body her, her sexuality and um rhythm nation yeah she talked to she had songs about love but there was a, a lot of songs about like um like social issues like racism like uh, substance abuse i think black cat was also on that video yeah, so there so. was like a lot of like rock in there too so she was really trying to break away and be an independent strong woman you know and yes she came from a famous family but she was creating her own sound um and i want to touch on um, a couple of videos miss you much was great because that was in 
black and white and I and so was Rhythm Nation and seeing like her dance in Rhythm Nation was just insane and then Joseph Gordon-Levitt did that in um in uh what's that uh, uh um, lip sync battle yeah, yeah. he did that and that was that was kind of cool um but Rhythm Nation was a great video uh the whole military like dance routines all right was awesome because she like Cab Calloway was in that video and everyone was dancing and they had like zoot suits so there was just like a um um just like a hearkening back to the past um but yeah miss you much I'm I'm glad Lewis brought that up because that video was great it ended with a there's like an extended version yep. of that video with a chair routine and that chair routine is still amazing to this day i watched it right before <laughs> i got here watching her end the the whole routine and throwing her hat onto her like her foot after after dancing on a chair dancing with a chair um i still think about it um so i'm jumping on lewis's pick because it's my pick too <laughs> you know i reference with that song all the time is i have you know a list of jackson family stuff and the end of miss you much just ends like regular but the music video doesn't end like that it ends with her saying is that the end mm -hmm. so when the, i ever ask people is that the end i i'm immediately say no, no. and then the video can yeah wow <laughs> yeah and we did that in secret yeah. in like in perfect time by the way so like um yeah dude uh that was like the like literally we're going into music and this was literally the year like that whole summer of 1989 I spent just watching MTV mm -hmm. and going to movies so like there's so many songs I remember and the fact that all her videos were like perfectly uh, choreographed and I had no idea she had that kind of voice mm -hmm. like you know Control was good and it was is fun but that like you know Control was pretty much uh, piggybacking off of Michael and this one it's completely her and it was like and for the first time, I was like, is she a better dancer than Michael? I was watching, like, you know, the ending of Missy Much, and then all of Rhythm Nation, where she was doing all, and then Ugh. all this stuff, it's like, you know, so. That's actually a legit question now. Dang it, you're making me question well, a lot of things about my Now she right is. Now. Well, obviously. Oh. obviously. Yikes. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> That's the thing. Um, are we just going to do one music thing? If you want to do more than one... I'm just going to do quick mentions now, because I have a lot. Um, first of all, rest in peace, because he just passed away recently. Biz Markie. Mm -hmm. Just a Friend came out in 1989. Everybody, we all sing that song. Everybody knows that song. Uh, also, Millie Vanilli. They didn't sing Wait, they passed songs. away? Yeah, one of them did. Rob Pilatus. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know why I know this. But um, <laughs> Rob and Fab... Uh, the original Millie Vanilli, uh, even though they lip sync, those songs are still great, and the music videos are fantastic. <laughs> um, and then, like I mentioned to the guys right before we had gone on to this thing, um, I love the Bangles, and I had a, I still have a crush on Susan Hoffs. Um, and 1989 Eternal Flame came out, and that's still one of those songs that's in my male female range, and I love that song. And we did, oh no, we did Debbie Gibson at last karaoke. But I wanted to do Eternal Flame because oh. that's perfect. We're, but, we're putting a list together yeah, for no, the we next time. Next time for karaoke, we need to do these. But things. I think there's a like one song Harold wants to talk about. Which one? Oh, okay. I, I thought that's what this this was. You know, there's one band <laughs> I want to talk about. Oh, okay, go ahead. And this is, I don't care. 
I don't care if I'm embarrassed by this. Because mainly it's mostly on my sister. So I have an older sister, most everybody knows. And during that time, everybody was into pop music. And there was a giant boy band, and probably the biggest boy band of all time that came out that year. Or the year previously. But their album came out in 1989. Menudo? No. Based oh. on Menudo, though. Okay, just mm-hmm. Literally the same. So the reason that this band came about is because they saw the success of Menudo. And the manager of New Kids on the Block is the reason that this... Oh, no, sorry. Damn it, I killed the thing You ruined it. I ruined my own thing. But the, the uh, thing of uh, New Edition, the ex-manager, Maury Starr, he put together a boy band in Boston, and it was New Kids on the Block, like I would mentioned before. I went to their concert a few years ago. I knew every song. <laughs> I knew every routine. Oh, hell yeah. And I can hit those notes that Joey can't hit no more, so in your face. <laughs> I can't hit the notes that Jordan and I can hit, but, you know, the other thing. So, that whole summer, my <laughs> my sister being the uh, future dancer that she would like to be, be um, taught me my and my two cousins and my other buddy the routine for um, the right stuff. You got it, the right stuff. And I had moved into the house that I live in now in 1989. And we used to do pool parties every wow. weekend. And the first pool party we ever threw, my sister goes, you're going to perform the right stuff for our family. I love this so much. And, like, so I knew I can do the whole Popeye dance, and I can do this all the time. <laughs> like, every time the song comes on. So, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yet, mm-hmm. So, like, um, mm-hmm. I know all the members, all five members, and I knew the to- their offshoot member, Tommy Page. So, oh, oh, who, who passed Page. away like recently as well? Um, and who was your new kids bias? <laughs> mine? Yeah. I always wanted to say that I was Danny Wood because he, nobody liked Danny Wood. He is the most useless member of the the Chris is cracking up so hard right now <laughs> because my sister said he looked like an orangutan, um, but with a rat tail. He did so, have a rat he tail. He did. Have, it was like, but then um, my sister was like, "Yeah, my favorite is Jonathan Knight." And he will always be perfect. And then, you know, a couple of years later, we find out he doesn't like women. So, maybe not for you. But, New Kids on the Block, Hanging Tough, and the stupid Christmas album that came out right afterwards um, were, uh, were ad nauseum at my house. Like, all those videos, um, every single song. Like, so when they performed their thing, and I still do this to this day, when uh, I meet new people, one of the fun things I do at, like, uh, small karaoke rooms or at somebody's karaoke's house is I'll do a Please Don't Go Girl by Joey McIntyre because he had not his balls had not dropped on the oh, song yeah. hit yet he was but I can hit an interesting note Harold's still, still waiting has for, not. for his <laughs> but I can hit every single note of that song I want to hear you do and it. then the, the only song I can hit is I'll Be Loving You Forever because at the very end Jordan goes very high mm-hmm. so like but when that con- when we did that concert the girls that I were with were like, how do you know these songs more than I do? And I was like, I have an older sister. In fact, she told her classmates that we were related to the Knight Brothers from uh, New Kids on the Block. And when I had to meet her classmates, they harassed me about it. And I was like, no, we're not. And they were like, your sister's a liar. And I was like, oh. I was like, hey, maybe heads up on the liar, the lie thing before I come into this. So, uh, New Kids on the Block. Literally the biggest cultural phenomenon in music in 1989. We didn't go to a concert because my parents didn't believe in concerts at the time. But 
we had every single album. My sister had all the shirts. I may have stolen the shirts a couple times and brought them to school. And yeah, to this day, like I have a pop list. I have a boy band list. I only started. I only appreciate boy bands starting with Backstreet because of how much I love the New Kids on the Block. Yeah. Like, and to this day, I'm not ashamed about it. I don't really care about anybody feels about it. Yeah. Uh, when they made that song with Neo a few years ago, I still jam- uh, like bump that because they barely sing on it and only Donnie gets to rap. But, like, you can hear them in the background. Well, Donnie was my bias. <laughs> I think Donnie was everyone's bias. <laughs> and he still gets mentions because he's still famous. He's still... By default. Famous? Like, he has a TV show. Kind oh, that's right. Jordan Knight no came out with a new album a decade ago? He came out with a new album in 1999 when we were in college. Oh, my Lord, you're right. Yeah, he, that was like, a good song. Never mind. Give it to you. Is Never mind. Damn, Give it to I thought you. it was just like a few right. years ago. Yeah, that was no, year. that was college. I know, just, you're right. Dang it, you're right. It's in 1999. <laughs> wow. Still Never a great, great song, mm-hmm. great choreography and all yeah. that. And yeah, I was like, I don't understand why Jordan Knight's not a bigger star because he has a, his range is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they performed live. in a carnival. They performed live when I watched them. I was like, dude, they're still bringing it. Like, they're... They're all so time, intense right now. You know, I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> I was just amazed because I was like... at Like, watching New Edition a few years ago, I was like, okay, some of these guys are just not... They're not singing, mm-hmm. and they're not trying on the choreography. They're just here yeah. with the paycheck. The new kids on the block just went like, nah, dude. We're going full, all out. And then the cast from Fuller House was there. So it was like the best... The best, like, nostalgia trip I've ever seen in my life. Like, Kimmy Gibbler and DJ Tanner oh my and God. Stephanie Tanner were in the front row. And I was like, ah, this is the greatest day of my life. So, Nine-year-old Harold is loving this I right love now. It. Yeah, dude. And because so New Kids on the Block, they had the ballads. They had the great cover songs, Christmas songs. Complete and total package. Good pull, dude. Love yeah. Oh, God. That's awesome. Okay, so um, we're looking at an hour and a half already. Um, oh, man. I, I know. We, we, we've we uh, really talked a lot today. Um, do we have time for, uh, like, a miscellaneous really quickly? One random thing that you you might have liked or you uh, you thought was really important. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll go with mine. Um, uh, 1989 was the, the uh, start of um, a computer program that all of us use to this day. Or a, a set of program that to this day is like you have it, you use it for work, you use it for anything, and uh, of course that program is the Office Suite uh, by uh, by uh, Microsoft. Microsoft. Uh, that was 1999 when it was still like uh, it wasn't even Microsoft Word yet. It was just like processor and like <laughs> presentation. Those are the names for it. But that one came out there, and um, I remember my old computer in the Philippines. Had that, and I was like, "Ooh, what is this? <laughs> I get the type of stuff, you know." The so. future is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, we still, you know, it's, I mean, you know, it, it went from uh, Office ninety five to, you know, now, you yeah. know, it's like three six five or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it's crazy that um, something from nineteen eighty nine still in every facet of our lives um, is is actually like in, important. Um, for me, uh, great poll then. But uh, for me, uh, w- something that did not last as well as Office, uh, American Gladiators. Um, one oh. of the one of the great uh, imports uh, from America to the Philippines, and I loved watching that amazing show every Sunday. I think it was yep. uh, uh, in, in the Philippines. Um, it made me think, like when I was nine, I was thinking, I can do these. I can totally beat these guys. 
Like I could, I could run through this course and all that stuff. Like, no, no, no. You, we could do. I think I could do the uh, the the uh, the one where where there was that gun that was like. Yes. Oh, the, oh, yeah. I love yeah, yeah, that yeah. one, dude. That's all. That, that, that I could have done that. I think, dude. I don't know. That missile was pretty. Uh, was yeah. Pretty big. There. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I think I <laughs> the big old Nerf gun. Yeah. I think that's why I love. Uh, I I think I pushed it on my son. I was like, we're gonna collect Nerf guns because I I, I think subtly and subliminally. I mean, I could have done Nitro. Great names, dude. Great names. I mean, this is a guy. Obviously, if you listen to our podcast, you know we love wrestling. This is like wrestling plus for me. It was like it's like it's a game show plus wrestling characters in ridiculous costumes with these dudes. And I, I think this uh, a part of it that's kind of still. I I don't watch American Ninja Warrior as much as I, I, I did uh, American Gladiator Buzz. But yeah, I, I think it's uh, that's the same thing that kind of resonates with me. Um, I think one of my favorites, yeah, Dennis already mentioned, or you guys already mentioned my favorite uh, game, that the one where they have to get that guy out there. But the other one will have to be like the one where they're climbing up the tower. And one of my favorite one is, I think you guys will appreciate it, is, is the one, I think it was not Malibu, who gave him a Canadian destroyer off of the top of the of the of the pyramid? It was it's a power bomb basically. The oh, dude okay. got slammed, slammed, and I'm pretty sure he was concussed. But back then, I guess you know concussions no. or whatever, yeah. you know. So uh, God bless that guy who took it. I uh, hope he's okay. Thirty years later, I don't know if he still remembers <laughs> where he is. But yeah, I loved American Gladiators. Again, I think it's uh, a little bit of imperialism, but I felt like this is what America should be. <laughs> they are better than everybody. <laughs> uh, Lou, if you like that show, you should. There's a show. I don't know if if it lasted more than one season. Something. I think it was called like Ultimate Tag or something like that. Oh, uh, it's still on. Is it still on? Is yeah. it really? But, okay. but it's it's basically uh, American Gladiators, but they play tag. I think I saw one episode. We were watching that in. Oh, you were asleep. <laughs> I was watching that in Vegas. <laughs> Sorry, we don't you talk did. about Vegas, man. But but Vegas it's like but but it's the same idea where it's like there's characters there's like characters the... and it's like over the top like the the one of the characters is the nerd where it's this like um this this guy who's like like I mean he amazed ama- he he looks amazing but the only reason why he's called the nerd is because he has glasses wow but you know and, and then it's it's a game of tag basically and that's the whole thing. <laughs> And you should you should watch it. I hate that. That's it. Like Malibu was Malibu because he was blonde haired. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like in American Ninja Warrior if they had like a warrior waiting on or like a dude, gladiator, you're right. Like at the top of the warp wall when you put your hands up and he steps on your fingers. You have to fight him with those huge Q-tips. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I think that when you uh, I I forget I think it was your wife who arranged it when we were back at uh, CSUN. She 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 brought that the, the I don't know what it's called. This called the Q-tip battle yeah. thing. Uh, the they're jou- called, it's called the joust. The joust. They're pugil sticks. Yeah. Pugil sticks. <laughs> the pugil sticks. Which we learned from yeah. American, American Gladiator. Uh, I don't know which one of our knuckleheads broke it, but I think everybody got triggered and we saw that. It was like I want to do that right now. I challenge anybody <laughs> in this freaking union, student union, <laughs> not like American. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I did though, right? And I got busted for it what did you do was they told me that you have to hold it in the middle but I held it at the edge like a baseball bat <laughs> and the lady goes stop I told you there's one rule and I was like oh no swinging full force she's like you have to no wear, swinging you have to wear sleeves you have to wear sleeves <laughs> but yeah um yeah, great, forever great times. To this day. So anyway, <laughs> I like that. Also, when you mentioned American Gladiators, I only knew the dudes' names. <laughs> I know, because I can't. I'm uh, pretty sure one of their names is Ice. Yeah. Ooh, Diamond. Yeah. Diamond was one of them. Yeah. I know one. Of the, I know the also stripper Siren. names. Oh, that's right. Siren couldn't. She's a. Damn it! You made me sign language in it. <laughs> People can't see it. It's okay. It's Sorry. Happen. But um, also Gemini, because he was a big. Oh yeah. He looked like Ron Simmons. <laughs> but yeah, it was not fair. Anyway. Also, amazing stripper names. But you know, either way. I mean. Up next, Gemini. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> 
Welcome to the stage, Nitro. And if he came out, I'd be like, okay, I'll, I'll stay, I'll stay. Nitro is hot, but um, I want to my my little random one. I think I and it's surprising. I uh, I brought up Super Mario Brothers three earlier. Um, my little random one is is Game Boy. How awesome was that little pocket Nintendo? Yeah. Um, I remember playing Tetris for you for forever. Dinner table. I got in trouble so many times. Also Castlevania. I I don't remember all those first gen Game Boy games. You guys Super remember Mario Land? Mm-hmm. How how many Duracell batteries did you go oh through? Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's amazing how much we not wasted, but how much we spent on those damn oh, batteries. Yeah. Hundreds. Dude. Hundreds, no, and then you, you had the tester. Yeah, the tester. Yeah, the tester. The test strip. Like, <laughs> the what the hell? Like, does that work? Oh, it's yellow. It's, it's not good. Yeah. You only have, like, two more hours. We left. still have juice. That was the peak of battery technology, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think this room single-handedly kept Radio Shack in business. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I love... Uh, yeah, good, good poll. I, I think that. I only had... I only had two games, uh, Warrior World and Tetris, mm-hmm. but Goat of Games. Everybody yeah. had, everybody had to have Tetris. Tetris, right. <laughs> You're right. Because... Dude, the kind of came to you. Am I the only one that always just went... The reason why I died is I always... It was it was either a, a Tetris or nothing. Like, oh, yeah. The long piece or nothing at all. You had <laughs> building all, for it. All four. It's going to come. It's going to come. That's just getting greedy, bro. Yeah. Um, I, I made a friend on a flight to the Philippines. Because he too had a Game Boy, and he had extra batteries. Wow! And he had the cable. No, oh. that's rare. So when we that's played, he was like, "But I destroyed that guy." <laughs> and he was always like, "Oh, let's play level. You know, let's play game A." And I was like, "Game A is kind of for wieners because you're basically starting from nothing." That's how Harold like, really sounded. Back I was like, "Game B, where they already have pieces set up. Let's play that one." And he's like, "No, okay." And I was like, "Yeah, let's put it at the high speed here." <laughs> And then you know you just feel guilty because you just you just hear because him. you gave he gave you extra batteries and you destroyed yeah. them yeah because what a know, jerk what mercy a jerk. is for the weak <laughs> you didn't give him thirds yeah <laughs> there was no thirds there was only one round that was like the I most was on a boat awkward. ride man he was on a plane I was on a boat yeah the most Our awkward friend. sixteen hours was like <laughs> sitting next to Harold while you, he like demolishes some kid <laughs> in Tetris. And then afterwards, like, hey, can I have more batteries? <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, like, did, by you, the way, uh, did you bring a 30-pack? And, like, <laughs> and then he was like, oh, there's no freezer here, so we can't put our batteries in the wow. freezer. As the flight attendant. I was like, good idea. You can put it in the ice. <laughs> uh, yeah, Game Boy, top five console of all time. So like, good. Uh, remember when, I, when we went to um, college? And we were still playing the Game Boy, mm-hmm. not even using the Game Boy Advance. Yep. And uh, one time, Dennis and I went to downtown um, Los Angeles to the Fashion District, and we had literally w- said... Words that are funny and true totally true them. at the same time. But we, I told him when we are going there, I was like, there's one reason and one reason alone I want to go here, is I want to find illegal goods. Like, <laughs> you remember this, right? Is that how you said it? Illegal goods. I said it, I said it just like that. Excuse me, where can I find illegal I was goods? Like, I was like, I want to find the most illegal stuff here. I was like, I want to find some underground dragons, you know, cats with uh, five yeah. legs. Ray-Bans, yeah, sunglasses. Yeah, Ray-Bans okay, r- real quick, real quick, real quick. Uh, 
Harold's not joking around about this because he <laughs> actually said the word dragons like decades ago. Yes. That was one of the things he was looking for. I I told the lady, I was like, got any, got any stuff? Got, got any dragons? But she said, I don't have that, but I have these Game Boy games for $5. And I was like, do you have the Street Fighter? The Street Fighter, mm-hmm. SNK Street Fighter. So it made him like, you know, the like Dennis has just showed you, like I think he recently got it, but the little fat ones that barely move. And I was like, five bucks? And she's like, yeah. So I was like, yeah, give me all the Game Boy games you have for $5. And she's like, here. I was like, so uh, we came back with fabric and materials for our show. <laughs> and, and Game Boy. And Game, uh, Game Boy. Nice. That's all I cared about. It was a good day. It was a good day. It was day. a great day. Okay. Fabric and Game Boys, man. Yeah. Uh, that's Harold's next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, that should be the name of 1989. Fabrics and Game Boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, the, 1999. Because <laughs> <laughs> we did that 10 years later. Uh, okay, well, um, that was a that was a journey, ladies and gentlemen. Um, there were a lot of uh, ups, and, uh, ups and downs and some, uh, I think, revelations, especially for Lewis. Lewis family matters, man. Family matters. Can I just family do two mentions matters. real quick? Harold, Harold did way too much that he, Harold can't let this go. Go ahead, Harold. Just not mention it. 89, go for it. 1989, Bobby Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the good, Wait, bo- the good Bobby Brown. Both of them. Oh, okay. His, the whole Dobby Crew. Oh, do- oh, yeah. Dobby Crew came out. And so My Prerogative and Every Little Step, the greatest music video of all time. Um, wow. Two two word, two phrases yes. that got him in trouble also. A lot. Last Crusade. <laughs> Oh yeah! Yes. I, I can't believe I no had that on my list. Up, but yeah. And then yeah. just because, and there's a lot of movies that we can talk about, but none of them matter because Best of the Best came out that year. What? That was '89. Yeah. But also Kickboxer. Yeah, but Best of the Best. Best of the ah. Best. You can talk okay, about Kickboxer because it's great. But see, yeah, Best of the Best. I mean, uh, Kickboxer is like the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Best of the Best is that it's like, the connoisseur. Best of the Best. <laughs> it's like Best of the Best and Bloodsport. Mm. Like we love crappy but yeah. great action movies, and those are two of the it's, best. That's oh, the uh, sommelier's choice. Of yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, what do you want? I, I want some Eric Roberts. To, <laughs> yeah, Eric Roberts. I'm feeling some Philip Reed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of Chris Penn. With, uh, <laughs> I <of> need <laughs> Day Han. Yeah. Any movie with cowboy Chris Penn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. And James Earl Jones going. I was gonna say hard, day hard. <laughs> that's the hint I was looking see, for. See, but that's the not thing. too much, just the hint you, you, of the uh, of him. You were talking, but no, but you have to have as, as you're sniffing. You're like, hmm, there's that hint of racism. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super yeah. subtle, but still yeah. there. No, 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 not subtle. I know. No. Are you yellow? <laughs> a, a movie, a line that you'd think we wouldn't reference at all or ever, but literally. <laughs> If you ever see us type the words obviously, it's obviously. because of... What's the matter? You yellow? Obviously. obviously. <laughs> uh, mm, the racism's killing me. Oh, 89. Korean was talking about, oh, I use uh, Simpsons, you know, every so I use the words... Obviously, and are you yellow? Every so often, oh my God. I find a way to do it, and it's hilarious. Aww. Aww. Uh, okay, so Good that's polls. it for us today. Um, I truly hope you enjoyed our episode. Um, you know, uh, like we mentioned earlier, this is uh, the offshoot of our um, our podcast, the uh, dorkiest uh, timeline. We're gonna have another uh, episode in about a month's time, and I 
think it's gonna be my turn yes, to do. So Kurza got to uh, got to uh, uh, do hers. Um, this technically was uh, um, Harold's. Uh, mine is gonna be next. So um, uh, stay tuned um, for in, in a month. In about a month from now, we're gonna have another episode of the Dorkiest Timeline. Uh, thank you very much for you being here. Um, is there any uh, things that we need to talk about before we let go? Let no. everybody go. I think we actually don't have any events. This week, yeah, no events, so no nothing. Amazing. Like so, um, you know, check out, of course, the uh, our other podcast, Two Fanboys and the Filthy Casual, and of course, Kersha, um, you know, our uh, co-host over here, um, can also be found through what social medias. Oh Kersha? yeah, you can find me on Instagram. 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 <laughs> oh my gosh, Instagram. I'm old. Um, yeah, at Krija Chloe. Come find me. Well, thanks very much for being here. This is the dorkiest timeline. Thank you for being here. This is Dennis. This is Lewis. This is Krija. My name is Harold. We need like a call out. I was gonna say, are you yellow? <laughs> are you <laughs> yellow? Taylor Swift, 1989. <laughs> Lord. And that's why.